Listener Production. Hey, it's Bencion Siebert here with your afternoon briefing. The man many considered Russian President Vladimir Putin's most powerful critic, Alexei Navalny, is dead, presumed murdered in an infamous Arctic prison, aged 47. You might remember his name from a few years ago. In 2020, Russian secret services tried to kill him by putting the deadly nerve agent Novichok into his underpants. Incredibly, he survived that assassination attempt and instead of remaining safe in exile overseas like many of the country's opposition figures, he returned to Russia where he was quickly arrested and sent to prison. He was a hugely admired figure across the world and the heads of democratic countries have been leading the tributes to him. Here's US President Joe Biden. Putin had him poisoned, he had him arrested, he had him prosecuted for fabricated crimes, He sentenced him to prison. He was held in isolation. Even all that didn't stop him from calling out Putin's lies. Even in prison, he was a powerful voice for the truth. Navalny himself anticipated that he would be killed in Russia. He recorded this message as part of a documentary in case exactly that happened. My message for the uh, situation when I am killed is very simple, not give up. Despite appearing healthy and in good spirits at a court hearing last week, Russian authorities confirmed he had died over the weekend from what they described as sudden death syndrome. Meanwhile, security forces in Russia have been rounding up and arresting hundreds of people, laying flowers and protesting, commemorating Navalny in Russia. So who was Alexei Navalny? Why was he so important to Vladimir Putin? And where does it leave the pro-democracy movement in Russia now? Dr. Robert Horvath is a senior lecturer at La Trobe University, and he specialises in Russian politics. Robert, thanks for joining us on The Briefing. What should people know about the life of Alexei Navalny? I think the most important thing is that he was Vladimir Putin's most serious opponent, that he was someone who for the past 20 years or so has been campaigning against the authoritarian regime that Putin constructed in Russia. Um, He's been campaigning against the explosion of corruption that's taken place under Putin. And he's fought for accountability. um, And he's fought um, to resist the kind of Russia that Putin has created, a, a Russia that is repressive, towards its own citizens and aggressive on the international stage. Could you tell us about some of the previous attempts that Russia and Putin has made to kill Navalny? Navalny has been subjected to a lot of persecution and repression and violence. The most serious was the attempt on his life in August 2020 when he was poisoned using the nerve agent Novichok, a banned chemical weapon uh, which was created during the Cold War and which is one of Putin's weapons of choice for silencing political opponents at home. And this this was when he was poisoned using an item of his his underwear, is that correct? That's right, yeah. Um, It was... um, discovered by Navalny when he succeeded in tracking down one of his poisoners, convincing that poisoner that Navalny was 
one of the poisoner's superiors and the poisoner explains that they had put the Novichok in Navalny's underwear. Navalny used that incident to coin the a famous description of Vladimir Putin. He said that in Russian history, there was Ivan the Terrible and that there was a Peter the Great and there was an Alexander the Liberator and now there is a, a Vladimir Putin, the poisoner of underpants. So what do we know about the Arctic penal colony that Navalny found himself in and about how he died? I suppose there are two things that are really important about this penal colony. The first is that it is a long way away from the population centres. It's hard to get there. It was clearly chosen because it was a way of cutting Navalny off from his lawyers and from the outside world. The other thing is that conditions there are really, really bad. Temperatures in the Arctic get really low. The conditions in any part of the Russian penal system are barbaric. And this was one of the worst penal colonies in a, a system that, um, that sets the standards for the mistreatment of inmates. Mm. I suppose we should talk a, a bit about one of the most extraordinary characteristics of Alexei Navalny, which is his bravery. He was poisoned and he survived that poisoning. And then Instead of staying in exile, in safety, he goes back to Russia. Tell us about that. Navalny's bravery is extraordinary. Uh, the fact that he had been poisoned, that he'd been in a coma, um, that he uh, spent many months recovering from the effects of that poison, the fact that he knew that Vladimir Putin had ordered him to be killed, and yet at the end of it, he returns to Russia, knowing for certain that he's going to be arrested. That was an extraordinary act of courage. Why do you think he did that? I think he had two principal calculations. The first was that he saw himself as a Russian politician. And for a Russian politician, it's necessary to be with the people who he hopes will support him one day when he's really challenging Putin for power. He felt that he couldn't ask others to risk their lives by challenging the dictator whilst he himself was enjoying a comfortable life in the West. The other reason was the awareness that he succeeded in building up a nationwide movement. His movement had branches all over Russia. And he was aware that if he accepted a life of exile in the West, the leaders of those branches would be arrested one by one. They'd be put on trial. They'd be tortured. They'd go to prison, some of them would die in prison, and Putin's propagandists would say, Navalny's a coward. He's made a comfortable life in the West out of all of these people who are dying for him in Russia. He has no moral credibility. He does not stand for the values that he proclaims. Why is Vladimir Putin being accused of involvement in the killing of Alexei Navalny? We're almost certain that... Putin is responsible for the death of Navalny because Navalny in 2020 was poisoned with a banned chemical weapon. That could only have happened with authorization from Putin. We also know that at the time of Navalny's death, he was in a prison controlled by Putin's security forces. There aren't any other circumstances that could have caused Navalny's death that aren't connected to Vladimir Putin. 
And there was this claim from the Russian government that he died of sudden death syndrome. But there's no explanation at the moment as to really how he died. That's right, isn't it? Exactly. What is particularly suspicious is the fact that he was, um, the day before his death, he'd appeared on a a video link-up to a a court session and he was joking, he seemed fine. I would be more inclined to believe the medical explanation for his death if he had been ill for some time beforehand, if there'd been weeks when he hadn't heard anything or we knew he was in hospital. The fact that he went within 24 hours from joking in the court video to being dead, that suggests strongly that the Russian state was behind it. Why would Putin decide to kill Navalny now? There are many potential reasons. Often Putin hesitates about something for a while before he finally goes ahead with it. So it may owe more to Putin's own anxieties in the point where he decides to take action. It may also relate to opportunity just when the poison squad decides that the opportunity is right. But the fundamental reason why is that Navalny is an incredibly important figure in Russia. He's just a a natural politician. He's extremely charismatic. He's principled. He's acquired a vast moral authority because unlike Putin with his palaces and his um, yachts and his incredibly corrupt kleptocratic life, Navalny has sacrificed because of his convictions. Um, He's paid for his beliefs. Everyone knows what he has sacrificed. And that makes him a really threatening figure. Do you think Putin also just saw an opportunity from a global perspective? Obviously, there was the comments from Trump about not maintaining NATO if someone doesn't pay up. Do you think that he sensed weakness in the West and thought that that was an opportunity for him to take this action without as many consequences, perhaps? Possibly, yeah. Though Putin would have known that Biden would have made noise about this, he would have known that Navalny's death would become a potent argument for supporting Ukraine because they are fighting against this evil regime. So I'm I'm not sure that Putin is that calculating. Mm. There is this myth that he's some kind of chess player on the international stage. Most of his actions are short-term tactical moves rather than a reflection of any sophisticated strategy. We've heard from Anthony Albanese condemning this killing. Joe Biden has also condemned it. Where does this leave the pro-democracy and anti-Putin movement in Russia? Well, certainly Navalny's death is a very serious blow. There's no one who can do all the things that he can do, who represents all the things that Navalny represented. No one else speaks to so many separate groups that Navalny spoke to. No one had quite the talents that he has as a politician. No one had a a biography to rival his. Nevertheless, there are plenty of other Russians who believe in a democratic future. It's very important for 
Western governments and for the Western media to keep some attention focused on those figures because they are the hope. They are the hope that when the Putin regime implodes, it won't just be warlords and fascists who are able to exploit that breakdown for their own interests, that there are advocates of a humane and democratic Russia who are able to shape that future. Well, that's a good place to end. Thanks so much for your time, Robert. Thank you very much. Dr. Robert Horvath there. That's it for today's afternoon briefing. Check your feed again tomorrow from 6am for your morning briefing. And in the meantime, send us a comment or even better, a voice recording in our DMs, The Briefing Podcast on Instagram. We're always keen to hear your feedback. I'm Ben Sion Siebert. Thanks for listening. Listener.